Hello, everyone. It's David Warrench. Welcome again to the Authentic Dad Podcast. So excited today. We have Enchantress Shane, Shane Coleman. She was awesome. She was so interesting. She has a fascinating story. I found her on Instagram. I love everything she posts, her content, what she stands for, radical self-expression, unapologetically herself. And she's a really, really talented coach and has so much to offer, particularly with her signature course, Fuck Your Fears. That's what we're going to talk about, among other things. And she was really patient and generous. I had just bought this new equipment, and it wasn't working. And that's why the audio, at least on my side, isn't awesome. So I apologize for that. Um, The new equipment wasn't working. But now I figured out how to work it, and it works great. And she was very patient. So thanks again for joining me. I hope you get a lot out of this. Please consider liking and subscribing. To reach out to me, it's F-U-R-T-H-U-R dot coach. That's further dot coach. Love to hear from you. There's a contact page on my website. You can send me an email. If you have feedback, want to be a guest, know um, somebody who might want to be a guest, or interested in coaching, I'd love to talk to you about that. And this is not just for dads. We coach men, women, in all walks of life, uh, people from all walks of life. I look forward to hearing from you. See you on the other side. Okay, I'm here with Enchantress Shane. She's a spiritual teacher, behaviorist, community leader, educator, and guide for women and men who need support, coping skills, and mindset shifts to life can be lived with more ease, empowerment, and connection. She coaches women and men with her Fuck Your Fears, The Courage Course. She guides people to to feel doubtful, take risks, and do their big next level thing. Hello, Enchantress Shane. Thank you very much. Yeah, for, uh, happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, no, I, 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 we don't know each other, but I've been following you on the on the gram, and it's a wonderful follow. So I'm so glad that I reached out and you agreed to do it. Yes, the timing is perfect. Um, so I always start with your story. I'd love to hear it. I know you were born in Brooklyn. Yes. Well, then what? Then what happened? Just tell me well, the whole, how you the landed. Whole, yeah, the whole well, plan. okay. I'll give it to you a, a short version mm-hmm. is that I was the first born in America. So I am, um, really? I come from parents that, yeah, that were born in post-World War II Germany. And so I was everything. Um, and I had such a lovely childhood until I got to be 12 years old. And I started really self-loathing and hating myself. And just being <clears throat> outrageously mean and fucked up and and angry, really angry. So, um, but what I did love was big hair bands and heavy metal. And I know we chatted a little bit about this, but it's pretty meaningful because I watched MTV videos and I wanted to be a woman named Tony Catan who just recently passed away. And she was in all these yeah. sexy videos. And what I, you know, Okay, so fast forward then, I'm 12, I'm watching these videos, I'm nine, I'm watching these videos. And then when I'm 19, um, I was in college to be a teacher and I decided to look in a paper called The Village Voice and they were looking for waitresses in strip clubs. And I thought it was the grandest idea because now I was gonna, I just, I felt comfortable. Um, and for some reason, I've always been drawn to that type of atmosphere. So I go, I'm, I was a waitress for about two weeks. Then I started stripping and I, I stayed stripping for 11 years. And in the meantime, I was uh, graduated college, went 
to become a teacher, a preschool teacher. Then I became a therapist, still stripping. And I then became a parent coach, still stripping. And what I realized in retrospect, that's not where the story ends, but was that I work with people with needs who need boundaries. Like I worked in strip clubs with men who were very um, comfortable asking for what they wanted. And I worked with children who were very comfortable asking and taking what they wanted. And so, you know, after I stopped stripping, I realized what a powerful experience that was for 11 years. Um, and I started coaching um, not just mothers and fathers, but sensitive people who have needs, um, such as myself, such as these kids. And I work with children with special needs. And so I, you know, I found that in every population I worked with, I met people who were really sensitive, really highly emotional, really hard on themselves, self-hating, self-doubting, low self-esteem, but they looked cool on the outside. Like they were, mm -hmm. nobody would think anything's going on um, that felt bad. And a lot of these people had anxiety. And so then I wrote a book about anxiety um, called From Anxiety to Ease. And I, I picked up my theater career and I started doing a lot of improv. And then I did my one woman show. And in the meantime, at some point, I started coaching people privately um, and out came Fuck Your Fears. It was Fuck Your, it's Fuck Your Fears, The Courage Course. It's Fuck Your Fears, my one woman show. It's like my whole jam is about fucking fears. Yeah, I mean, there's so much in there. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm like, it's a lot. Just like as as take I, it in I, and- I'm just thinking of you and, and I'm just, um, the dichotomy of, or maybe, or maybe not, maybe not so different of, of being a uh, special needs, teacher or preschool teacher yeah and then at night by the way I don't know how you slept I don't know either because I don't have that much energy but I think I was really alive like it was a really nice harmonious thing to be with kids who are innocent and and being in these like new human bodies without their parents like here I'm gonna go be a human without my mom or dad so they were newly developing humans and then to go to a strip club at night where it's like mostly about sex and money. And because I'm a good listener, I would end up, you know, sitting with men and really listening and right. really enjoying myself. It wasn't about the money at all. It was about being Tony Catan with the white heels running around the stage and, and having a lot of fun. Yeah, no. And I, I, I bet, as you said, it was, it was not just about sex and money. I mean, you, I would imagine have men tell you their problems and just wanted some attention, just wanted a, an ear. Was yes. that a common thing? Yeah. And a lot of, like, there were a couple of times that guys were like, how come you're not asking me to dance? I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. sorry. Like, I just, right. I'm a natural born listener. It's like a gift of mine. And I'm actually curious about human beings. Um, and there were relationships. I love connecting. I teach a lot of intimacy stuff. And, it, and basically, I was experiencing, you know, it came with its faults, but I was experiencing intimacy with different people all night long, just like getting to know their heart, getting to know their stories, their problems, what they were running away from, their money situations, their yeah. kids, like everything. Yeah, no, and it's so interesting. They're like, why aren't you trying to make more money off me? And you're sitting here listening to my problems and you were probably uh, maybe one of a, a unique stripper. Maybe, Perhaps. yeah, there were some real hustlers, but I was just <laughs> like, I don't know, you know, it's just who I am. 
And for you, who you said like 12 years old, you're self-loathing. And then a few years later, you're on stage. I mean, was there, I mean, that must've been a sense of empowerment for someone who hated themselves. And then all of a sudden is, I mean, it's vulnerable. You're out there. I mean, all, all of that. Yeah, the, you know, there's really no reason logically that an insecure, self-hating young girl felt like at 19, like I should do or do this, except that my body was like, sl like slamming. I don't know how else to say it and curvy. <laughs> and so there is a fucked up, you know, mental right. side, which is like, oh, that was all I was worth. But it, I never felt that way. That's like some psychology bullshit. I just wanted to be on stage in the mirror. There was a driving force that I wanted to be a video vixen. And yeah. I would play these games at 19 and like, wait for them to call my name, you know, and then walk on the stage as if it was like, I don't know what, some famous, I love the idea of being a celebrity, mm -hmm. of loving myself, a celebrity of enjoying myself. So I didn't love my inner self. My inner living in my head was really fucked up. I was still really angry, but I was like, oh, but I'm beautiful. Like there's something here that is making an impact on the stage. You know, that seems like a thread of per performance all the way through. Um, the strip club, one woman show. Yes. And your your social media is is awesome. It's so you, and we'll talk about that, but it's also very performative. The the outfits, the photographs, the the whole thing. Um, so it, it sort of it makes sense. It sounds like you're sort of and, and your your childhood um idol who just yeah. <laughs> She just passed away, right? Yes, like last week. Well, here's the piece I want to bring about that. And this is really what Fuck Your Fears is about. That's my path. Like, I love getting adored. I love being on stage. But what Fuck Your Fears is about, one of the, I have 10 commandments of fucking your fears, is taking risks. Those are my risks. I'm not training people to go on stage. Right. That's mine. But I am helping people create systems to be seen, whatever that means for them. And that's where people mind fuck themselves out of living a bigger life, going to the next level, feeling like they're spinning wheels is they don't know how to get out of a pattern and follow a system that's really fucking efficient because it's scary. The ego wants to avoid that shit. So for me, it's getting on stage physically, but for other people, it's about showing up um, in a conversation. That's a stage. Um, for other people, it's about showing up on social media and saying, I have a business or looking at right. somebody and saying, I love you. Like the stage is like a metaphysical way of being witnessed and showing the fuck up. hundred percent. I mean, even for me to even do this podcast and totally. record myself yes. having a conversation. I mean, I kind of yes. came, I don't want to, I came out of like the spiritual personal development closet I've been like this my whole life but mm. there's a side of me that not a lot of people knew about so yes. when I started doing this friends and family thought this was just going to be some funny comedy thing mm -hmm. and they started like well this is serious like you're you're serious well that doesn't sound like you and it was like kind of at my edge in my comfort zone and you know um now I was I, I was a stripper myself but years and years ago and this is more <laughs> more about you as a niche market um, Got it. but um it, it's right. So like you don't have to be a stripper or have a one woman show, but you're sort of inspiring people to do it, to do it their way. And I think that's what I was drawn to about you. There is something unapologetically like yourself. I love that. 
So yes. tell me about that. Cause I know you didn't start that way. You're saying, look, I hated myself. And now you're unapologetically you. When we spoke, you said something along the lines of some people got off the train and that was okay with you. Yeah. You know, right now I'm chilling because the world, whoever's in my world is they just, they're like, oh, she didn't stop. Like, you know, because people in general, family, I'll be really specific and close friends that know people for a long time are like, what are you doing? You're going to be different. Like, because yeah. uh, uh, it's confronting to them because they're like, does that mean I have to be different? Are you judging me? Like yeah. all this stuff gets kicked up. And so, right. yeah. That's yeah. Nothing. What's it yeah. Right. Exactly. Which picks up the idea of like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, it makes, it turns everybody's natural born self-doubt the volume up. So when you take a risk and you put yourself out there, and even for some people, it's as simple as um, putting up a, um, a status of their relationship on Facebook. Yeah, that's the, so, you know, part of what works about me as a coach is I'm a special educator. I know how to modify everything. So if somebody comes to me super shy, super withdrawn, super like I'm not doing anything, I'm totally freaked out. I mean, those people don't really come to me. They're totally freaked out. They don't reach out. But let's say somebody comes to me similar to that. It's like just posting on social media. Like I am an artist. Freak yeah. people out. Not even a video, just those words. Because what's my mother going to think? And most of all, what's my high school friends going to think? Mm -hmm. So I want to come back to your question. When I was in high school, I was desperate to be like on such a fucked up level. I just wanted to look cool. I Nobody ever taught me how to feel my feelings. So I didn't cry from like age 12 to 32. I, I just was angry and desperate. But on the outside, I was aloof. I was probably just averting my eyes from everybody because I didn't want to get beat up. In Canarsie, Brooklyn, if you looked at someone the wrong way, it was it might be over. So I just wanted to be cool every day, every night. I just stayed in my head, mind fucking myself, thinking about, I don't even know what else I was thinking about. I was just thinking about who likes me, who doesn't like me, who's going to talk about me. I was bullied a lot because I did have a very feminine body, very young and girls hated me and boys were grabbing me in the hallways. It was like a fucking nightmare. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this on different levels. Yeah, well, people were less sensitive to that too back then. Not that you're old, right. but what, late yeah. 80s, early 90s. Yes. It was just like, yeah, it's just part of the shit. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. No one really knew what to do about it. And so just really learning to trust myself was a bigger calling. And it it had me go to the strip club. It had me like, you know, do these things. And I was still a good girl. I'm like a Jewish kid from Brooklyn. So like I didn't go party after work. I like drove my car home to my parents' house while I was still in college a little bit and just like lived my life. Bake some challah after your show. Yeah, we had Friday <laughs> night dinners and it was just like, I I used my real name. Nobody believed me. I was like living this little celebrity double-sided life that really was giving me so much research. Oh, I bet the the, the social range that you have from, from those experiences are, are incredible from a preschool child to someone from to the art community in the in the one man show yes. one woman show um to to all the years at the clubs it's, it's you could probably connect to anyone 
Well, I can. And what you also brought up, it's like, yes, people fell away. But in the beginning, I would, you know, social media was pretty new and I was going on it and I was saying all these things. And then I would see people and they, it was so awkward. Like I own the Awkward mm -hmm. Academy because I realized, yeah. A, how awkward I am, how awkward other people are. And the moments that I create that are awkward because I refuse to be anything but unapologetic. And so it's trial yeah. and error. And it's also spending a lot of time by myself. Um, but life works better that way for me. Well, I think the reason I bring up the question is because in the coaching, you know, Instagram, self-help, personal development world, one, if you, you hear that all the time, just be who you are. Yeah. Be yourself. Yeah. You know, I hate to say it, be authentic, authentic, yeah. you know, the name of the pot. And it's like, okay, like A, what does that mean? And B, even if I knew what that was, how the hell do you even do it? So I think can you, I think that's why I was drawn to you. It's like, oh, here's somebody who actually is doing that. Mm, whether so whether people like it, don't like it, whether they like the the Brooklyn fuck you thing, doesn't matter. You are who you are. And I, I'm really drawn to that. I'm, I'm drawn to musicians and artists like that. Mm. People that I guess I'm saying are very singular. Mm. And I've always tried to cultivate. I'm, I'm a nice Jewish boy, you know, who's very growing up very approval seeking. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, what if they don't like me? What if they don't like me? What if I'm not good? And as I've gotten older, I think I think this podcast is my strip club. This is one of the, it's empowering. It's, it's, yes. it's one of the ways that I've been able to do it. So, and I, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, you know, that you're absolutely inspiring people to do that. Yeah. And, you know, people are smart. So I attract people who are smart, um, who feel their potential. And either they feel like they're spinning their wheels. Like a lot of my clients are like, I know I'm at the cusp of something, yeah. but they don't know how they don't have the, the system and why people need a system and fuck your fears. The courage course is a system is you're not the first one to do it. Whoever's listening. Right. So like getting input from someone else who's like, Hey, I see your whole fucking picture here, do this, this, and this, and let's see what happens then. So I don't have like, this is the way it's going to look for everybody. Everybody's mm -hmm. totally fucking different. Some people come to my course and they're like, I just want to have a dinner party and feel mm -hmm. okay. And not like a super crazy hostess that's exhausted. Other people want to get their business to be more helpful and supportive. Other people want to I helped a woman um, create her one woman show. Another woman just wanted her life to feel better. And there's fears that are so smartly keeping us stuck as a human race because they're based on coping skills that we created to make ourselves feel safe when we were teenagers and little kids. Yep. So the smart brain action that we have, that's like, no, 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 just, you know, you can just, you can do a podcast, but don't actually share the link anywhere, you know, or- or don't you curse can, on it. Yeah, because you're going to get in trouble. I mean, that's right. the model that public schools have taught every child is like, you're going to get in trouble. Don't be different. Just be the same. Get in line. Don't make a stink. Don't make a problem for anybody. Like, just, you know, be a good boy. A lot of my man clients have that going on where they're just like, yeah. they just want to be a good boy. And what, that, what happens is they fall a lot in the friend zone with a lot of women. They're just like, 
it's sort of that, given up on themselves a little bit like meh no one really wants me anyway that's why that i remember that book no more mr nice guy i think was such a big seller i don't know if you heard of this book it was no weird, but i remember the like, movie i think that was based on it it was some was dating that, coach movie oh was there a movie based on it it was well, like guy, a corny movie but it was dr it glover well. he probably he sold like how millions of cops because there's so many people geared towards men who are like that and he yeah. really he really hit on something and uh yeah i was a friend zone guy back in the day and i never understood why and then as i and as i sort of studied this i was like oh i totally get it right right so you figured out a system you know you figured out something that works for right. you and i think so nice and funny maybe she'll go out with me yeah, like that hope. And this isn't magic. Like I love magic, but there's actual practices and tools and a system to create so that that I've used for myself that yeah. that keeps people from repeating patterns because it looks different, but it's the same shit over and over. Good segue. Could we get a little specific? Can you tell me some of these patterns, systems that that you have uh, or that you use? I know um it's i'm sure it's very personal it's not one size fits all somebody comes in and says i want to do a dinner party another person says i want to do a podcast or you know whatever how do you work with them great i love that so i listen as they think they're rambling everyone i speak to is like i know i'm just rambling i'm like i'm <laughs> fucking listening and i'm putting pieces together and the biggest thing I can say is most people think that their life is very fragmented. They think like, I did this over here. I did that over here. And you're a great example. You know, I was a, an educator, but now this is so different. No one's going to like me. I just started doing this. I'm like, wait a minute. Here's the example. So I have a woman client. She is doing um, mindfulness coaching. Just I'll use that. I mean, she's more specific. Yep because I, I've trained her to be more specific, but just right. for, you know, story's sake. So she's a mindfulness uh, coach. She's been doing it for two years. And she was like, I feel so stupid. How can I charge money? I've only been, you know, two years, blah, blah, blah. Imposter what is she doing before? Syndrome. Yes, imposter syndrome. That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, which if people don't know what that means, it's like, you feel like a fraud, you feel fake. You feel like someone's going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. That so guy? Yeah, like two years she's doing this. What did she do for 28 other years? She was a speech and language pathologist and she worked with parents. I'm like, weren't you helping people then? Weren't you yeah. getting people to be more? So then she was able to create a bridge. So her whole life made sense versus like, I'm new to this. I'm sorry, I'm charging. Like this whole apologetic bullshit. Uh, um, cool. So you helped her kind of create a coherent story coherent story, which then gets her to believe in herself, right? So I do a lot of mindset work with mm -hmm. actions to follow up right away. Don't, you can't wait on it. So something that I want to give your audience right now as a challenge is like, go live on Facebook, tag me. And the first line out of your mouth could be, or should be, I'm going to say should in this case, I don't know what I'm going to say, but, and let her rip, just see what the fuck comes out of your mouth. Yeah. And let's, and I really want to watch it. I love, I don't usually just jump into a challenge, but I love giving challenges. And I love that people could pause this shit, go do that, mention, tag both of us, and let's see what happens. Um, I have a challenge twice a year called the Video Vixen Challenge. And it's just like this, like use a prompt, go live for 30 days and see how your life changes. Every day for 30 days? Every day. 
twice a year. Yeah. yeah. I've seen you do it, what, every Friday night? The Friday I night? I do it for Shabbos. Yeah, it's a Shabbos. Friday coven. <laughs> coven. <laughs> it, it really started out that way. It's the Friday coven, and I, um, yeah, I go on every Friday. Sometimes I have a theme. Sometimes I just shoot the shit. I love, I get energy from going live. Yeah. Not everybody does. You're good at it. I'm, I'm good I've at watched, it. I've watched I, them. Yeah, thank you. But it rocks and recalibrates everybody's brain to see themselves as valuable because most people walk around feeling like fucking shit and they will prove to you why they're so shitty and they will prove to you and fight for their limitations. But eventually a secret desire comes out mm-hmm. Well, they'll say it like, well, I don't know. I mean, I have all these comic books and I love talking about them. It's like, ah, tell me more about that. No, it's stupid. I'm like, I'm actually interested. And all of a sudden they have like 2 million followers because they're geeking out on comic books. And there's a million fucking dudes out there that love also geeking out on comic books that want to talk about it and pay to watch you talk about. So there's no limit as to what can be a business, a creativity, a focus. So that your life feels fun. Do you have a lot of comic book geeks as a do you coach a lot of them? Just curious. Um, not a lot, <laughs> but enough to be like, there's a market out there. You no, know, well, because I always qualify these podcasts. I'm like, well, it's not live, so if I say something so stupid or offensive, I can I can always edit it, which oh. is the truth. Actually, I'm usually trying to make the guests feel better. Like a lot of the people who come on have never done one. I was like, don't worry, we can always edit. I'm trying to make, but I'm, I'm really saying it for myself as well. So yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you up on that. Uh, yeah, no, because I think that it's very much, you know, what they say to writers or actors, you know, just take a pen, just start doing it, right? right? It, might, it might suck. Maybe it's great. Maybe it's, you, you don't like it, but at least you're like in the, in the arena totally. uh, instead of, instead of worrying about it and you know it's, it might not work and might not work and you know what i know there's a lot of people who have valid i'll put in quotes valid reasons that they're not just ready yet you know some perfectionists some mm-hmm. you know people pleasing procrastination shit and listen you could stay in that for 20 years some people live a whole yeah. lifetime and they're like yeah when i was younger i wanted to it's like Dude, now, just right now, right now. I mean, right now in our world, whenever anybody's listening to this, it's kind of like the Wild West. Like you could do whatever you want. Um, and we have True. access to 24-7 availability to try new things, to and do you new actually things. don't need someone to choose you, right? You can choose yourself. You push a button, you're live. You, you have, you're a schmuck in the kitchen with a microphone. You have a podcast. So that's cool. You, there's no gatekeeper anymore. No, except oneself. You know, and that's, that's everybody's beautiful, you know, refusal to be at the edge. It's like, I have to take care of my mother. I have kids. I'll wait till this one finishes college. It's like, okay, cool. Let's see what happens then. You're going to be busy with something else. Yeah. That's, that's the story we tell ourselves. You know, I I don't have time. I have kids. I have this, I have that. It's really a story. I tell myself lots of stories and I do have time. I can just schedule it in. Um, but easier said than done. That's why it's always helpful to have a guide like yes. Enchantress Shane. Yes. Tell, tell well, me a little you know, bit about, yeah. yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to like the Enchantress um, name. I think that's yeah. interesting. Tell me where that came from. I know where it came from, I think. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, it came from being, I don't even remember. So my first 
when I was working with kids and um, parents, the name of my business was Your Beautiful Child, which is a Stevie Nicks song. Um, and then, or Beautiful Child is her song. And I love her so much. And I also didn't realize why. I do a lot of things and then realize why afterwards. But she's so badass. Like, she's yep. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. Like, no other woman has done that. Oh, right. So for Fleetwood Mac and her solo career. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to do things my fucking way. And that's it. You know, I'm really fucking sensitive. And I'm going to do what I want to fucking do. And she's, you know, she has had her drug struggles and she's, somebody said, do you ever want to be a mother? She's like, no, I'm a rock and roller. That's not what mother's like. She's mm -hmm. just really clear about who she is and she's not afraid to be vulnerable and to put herself out there. And something she said when she made a song during the pandemic and she said, you know, when you sit home and you don't do your thing, you get old. And I was 100%. like, fucking A. I mean, she's like 74. She made a new song. She's going to headline at some concert. You know, I, I just, I'm inspired by people who do fucking shit, you know, and you can make yep. shitty art. And I also want to speak to the people who feel guilty about things or shame or, you know, aren't doing the things yet. Your excuses are really valid. Like some of them run really deep, you know, not wanting to step out of the box and, you know, there's connections to family. Like there's a whole bunch of shadow work of why people stay stuck. Exactly. I know we're saying like, yeah, go take an action. Da, 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 oh, no, but, right. right. But yeah. we know there's these deep seated patterns that go back yes. way back, way before you were here, generations. Yeah. Yes. And that's a lot of work to unravel those for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yes, no, yeah. I will recognize that there's trauma, there's patterns, there's- Right, it's real. Absolutely. Yeah, it's real. And so while my while I'm not a therapist anymore, I don't practice like that. I what we do together and what I do in my own life is therapeutic, you know, but I liked people. A lot of clients have said to me, you're sneaky, Shane. I didn't even realize I was fucking the fear. It's not like people come and say, mm -hmm. here's my fear. Let me fuck it. It's more like I hear I take in the information and I'm like, beep, boop, 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 boop. OK, yeah. what about doing this? Oh, it's two weeks later. You didn't do it. Okay. Let's refine it. You know, there are coaches who are like, go do this. And you're going to miss your session. If you don't do it, you know, I'm a loving kind motherfucker. So while I, I know that I come across a bad as like, ass, loving kind motherfucker. Yeah. Like I'm nice. And I really want people to succeed without being re-traumatized. Like if someone has a deathly fear of being seen yeah. and I'm saying go live, like that's right. not the right recipe for them. That's not the system that's going to work. Right. Good, good to be careful of that, that, of course. Right. Of course. We don't. Yeah. Wanna, um, and the first commandment of my 10 commandments of fucking your fears is show yeah. the fuck up. Yeah. And everything is nuanced, like show up for a six month coaching program, show up and, you know, treat yourself for a first class ticket somewhere, show up emotionally for yourself, show up and be more vulnerable than you ever have. So there's ways to show up that right. build on each other. And it's not about like, go fuck your fears, you know, in a way that's going to feel traumatic. That I doesn't- appreciate that. Cause what you're saying is a lot more nuanced. You're saying go to your appropriate edge. That's not going to traumatize yes, you. Yes, For exactly. you, not, not Entrantious Shane's edge, your right. edge. Correct. And it's not, you know, like, I'm not, wanna I'm not saying anything wrong about Tony Robbins, but those kind of programs are like, you know, slaughter your fears. Like what you're saying is a lot more nuanced than that. Um, 
you know, it, it sounds really good. Yeah. But, well, but I, I love that you say that. Sort of taking what it means. It's, 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 it has to be nuanced, you know? It has to be. And the truth is like, you know, I would imagine that I like Tony Robbins out of his hundred thousand audience. Yeah. Maybe the people sitting in the first row who got to feel his sweat dripping off his right. face can keep that going sustainably. I don't want someone to go fuck their fears and then go back into hiding for another 10 years. Right. But taking appropriate steps means when you hide, it's a choice. It's a valid moment to be like, you know what? I need to go within. I don't want to see anybody. I'm going to take off this week so that you can come back refreshed. We're not here to live in that old masculine um, patriarchal paradigm, which is like, produce you know this is like we're yeah. introducing and and integrating masculine and feminine energy which is like finish shit but also rest yeah there's a lot of that um when i was looking into um you know starting a, a coaching practice looking at other men and what they were doing and a lot of it was that sort of old school patriarchy you know we're gonna crush life grab it by the balls and yeah this and that which is totally fine but you know I think it's it's a little more complicated than that yeah it's a little and you know what I there's some aspects of that that I love but it doesn't it's not sustainable you can't stay at like seven figure Brian for forever (laughs) you know it has to you know you have to be able to be like oh I want a vacation oh I'm gonna take off and not be guilty or yeah I'm gonna spend time with my family you know, and not be just in self-development, self-actualization right. world, exactly. but still have done something that you feel proud about. And you're like, I fucking did it. I'm living higher level. And guess what? The shitty thing is, it's not really shitty, but there's always more. There's always, you know, once you get like, I did my one woman show, I'm like, what's next? Well, there's always more. And I, like when I was younger, I was really kind of a junkie with a lot of the, 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 the self-help books and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think I was coming at it from a place of, I need to be fixed. Mm. I'm not good enough. If I just read another book, if I just do this, then I'll be where I want to be. And I just really hope people come to it from a place like you're already good. You don't yeah, need to yeah. be fixed. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. So fully, full acceptance and that we can also develop and go to our edge, but not from a place of, cause we suck as we are now. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. As you're sharing, I'm like, thinking about people, I think about people a lot. And, and some people don't even know that they're living limited. Mm-hmm. So to go beyond your own limitations and to go beyond the edge, like is really scary. You know, I just, I started dabbling in real estate investing and it's a language I don't <laughs> really everything. know. Everything, you do everything. I know, well, that, okay. So I want to highlight that and say like, yeah, and everybody else could do it too. The mistake of like, I should only pick one thing and really be good at it. A, that's like very old school. It's like the jack of all trades. That's yes. shame about it. It's like, why be shame? I like learning. I'm a fucking, what do you like doing, Shane? I like learning. Well, I did like that about like your social media and everything. You have like probably like nine, di- you know, f- 5,000 different kinds of programs, Facebook pages, accounts. And I was like, thinking, you know, oh, I, I just have to do this one thing. And I'm like, no, I don't. She's just doing, like, I, I wasn't, thank you for that. You have all yeah. a wide variety of offerings. 
Yeah, I mean, for as far as I mean, the it's gotten me a long time to be like, okay, I teach fuck your fears, that's it, and I work one on one with people. Um, but I'm a creative person, so I love. I had a class called Internet Intimacy that happens once in a while. Now I think I was undiagnosed ADD, ADHD. I think it's mm-hmm. genius um, because <laughs> you got a lot. Of not everybody likes it, huh? I would call it just, you have a lot of bandwidth. You're able to take on all of these different, you're not everyone has the bandwidth is the word I would use. It's great. Yes. And I'll tell you what, I don't spend a lot of time with people. Even before COVID, I know that my bandwidth is more useful and more fun for me with learning yeah. versus like being around people and being like the ninja boundary person who's just like, ah, 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 like just too much energy coming at me. Now that's what works for me. And really what I help people, what I help myself with is knowing my authentic, authentic bandwidth, right? Because it's, you know, when family asks for shit and you got to say no, it's hard when there's somebody attractive and you want to say yes, but all of a sudden you're like, man, I don't feel worth it. So we get in our own way, um, and figuring out how we operate. So I promote selfishness is such a help to the world because when you know how you operate, and somebody says something that you can't do, but you really want to, you can have the language to say, you know, it's really hard for me to say no to you, but I'm, I just don't have the energy. I'm horrible at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but once you know yourself and you yeah, practice yeah. that sentence once or twice, and it's the truth, it's hard to say no to people instead oh, of being I- like, I can't do it. You're just like, oh man, that's a great I- offer. Yeah, I've learned to do it, but I'm always like, you know, dying inside. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And that, so I'm glad you brought that up. I think a lot of people have that. And so instead of going into anything with new people, they just avoid shit. They'd rather stay in their old patterns because it's like, fuck, if I make new friends, they're going to ask me to do shit. I'm going to have a hard time saying no. Mm -hmm. I'll just stay in my shit zones with people that don't really (laughs) understand me or I'll just live alone. I have so many guys that jump in my inbox. They don't work with me. And they're like, what you say really resonates. I feel really lonely. Right. I don't have community. And I'm like, okay, let's get on a call. Let's see if I can help right. you. They're like, no, I just want to tell you. I'm like, all right, you're choosing to stay in that. I'm not mean to them, do but you, I invite them. Do you think, well, I guess I've had that too, where people in my limited, you know, my I'm new at it, they say, mm-hmm. well, what you're saying is resonating with me, da, 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 da. Okay, cool. Let's have a call. It happens with the legal clients too. And they're like, eh, I'm good. Right. Well, that's where the listening comes in, right? It's like, well, okay, cool. But you know, you said this earlier and I I heard you say it, does that still feel true? So we are smart motherfuckers and we know how to keep ourselves quote unquote safe from taking a risk. Risk is scary to the mind and to the body. It's like, no, no, no. I'd rather, you know, Stay in the place I know. I also would say that I guess we're talking about people who think going to their edge, fucking their fears, all this stuff is important to them, right? And they value those are the kinds of people who probably because I guess there's some people who are like, I don't care. I don't I don't want to do that. Like I'm good with the shit zone. Or do you think they're not they're like sort of telling themselves that? But because I guess there's I guess you could say that, but doesn't everybody want to expand in some way or grow? Um, no, they really I, don't I, I, no. you know people who just don't give a crap about any of this stuff. Like, eh. What they give a shit about is making other people wrong. Oh, 
Tell me more. Yeah. I mean, whether it's politics or sexuality or anything, it's like everybody's inner teenager is activated. Whether, you know, somebody's going the wrong way in the parking lot. And they're like, yeah, you know, you're wrong. And then they talk about that. They perseverate on that. It's just more, it's, it's not like they're making the choice to stay in their comfort zone. It's just easier. It's easier to have a heart attack. It's easier to, yeah. you know, eat the same shit foods, smoke cigarettes for 40 years. Like, it's just easier. It's comforting. Actually, being I want to defend them. Feels, being judgmental kind of feels good where being curious is so much harder. It's so much harder. And I was raised being judgmental. So it's very comforting. It makes me feel connected me to my too. family. Yeah. And the truth is truth or comfort. That's what people seek. And everybody has a God-given right. I say that it feels very religious, but it's not. <laughs> a God has given right to be comfortable. And when people have hard lives with a lot of turmoil, Seeking comfort can come right. in anything like food, alcohol, gossip, sleep, you know, hoarding. And it's comfortable. It may look crazy, but it's comfortable. I have my comforts. You know, I love fucking pizza. I love it to in a place where I'm just like <laughs> euphoric about it. You're from Brooklyn, you know, it's not. It's right. Not so I could say that. I could be like, I'm from Brooklyn. It's fine. Or, but I feel bad after I eat a whole pie, let's say. I mean, this is something I've worked on. But the idea is people seeking comfort stay in their comfort zone. It takes a lot of energy and right. commitment and desire and will to want to make change. But, but it's available for everybody. And part of me knows that the people listening to your show, the people that follow me are hankering and they're sensitive enough to feel they're stuck. And drinking isn't going to help them. Eating isn't going to help them. Over shopping isn't going to help them because they've probably already tried that shit. Right. These solutions aren't working, sir. Man. Right. Right. Either I'm broke. I'm a hundred pounds overweight. I'm an alcoholic. I don't even like the people I hang out with. I'm sitting home alone crying. Like I've had men. I had a man in a bar say like, he was a friend from a long time ago and we met and um, re-met and he's, he started crying. He's like, I don't know what the fuck. He didn't even have the words basically to say that he's stuck. And I was like, just like, wow, wow, what is going on? And I know what's going on. That's my job is when somebody reaches out and says, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know if I want a business. If I just know that when I watch you, I feel like understood. So at a very basic yeah. level, that's where people can show up. And it, and it sounds like you've I've seen just sort of kind of poking around that you've created sort of a community of, totally. of people who seem to kind of go to your live events and the classes and whatnot. Are you, do you see people like more one-on-one -on -one or do you focus more on the other stuff or both? Most, I see the most benefits for myself in the past in groups. Because there's, when you meet somebody new, when different people bring up different stuff, you know? Yeah. So I work with people one-on-one, -on -one. it's limited, but some people need to start there. But I always want to bring people into a group scenario. Yeah. I've always worked online, not just now. Um, because there's so much intimacy that can come from behavior, you know, from, from yeah. doing practices. And the, and it's so 
I, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. Um, I was leading the internet intimacy class. Now, sometimes I lead power dynamics stuff that's based on um, the archetypes of Dom and sub. Mm-hmm. And we, I didn't have even numbers in this internet intimacy class and there were breakout rooms. And I was like, who wants to have a threesome? Like I said, it as a joke, but truthfully, mm-hmm. there had to be three people or mm-hmm. maybe, you know, different odd numbers. And I, and one woman was like, oh no. Like she got so freaked out in the face. I'm like, let me just remind you, you're on Zoom. Nobody's touching you. Right. But her automatic reaction was horrified. And she's like, oh my God, yeah, that's totally right. What I kind of class is this? Well, I mean, she knew, but just, the, yes, sort of. She knew, but she, but it's just goes to show that the body has a natural aversion yeah. to certain things. And that aversion, you know, what people don't do is question the validity of that and be like, oh, let me actually be curious. Why was I so poo-pooing that when I'm in the most safe place possible, which is my house, and all we're doing is using words? Yeah, but that activated her in some way. It activated her. And that's what I'm fascinated about. And that's what I want people to pay attention to. When you get activated, when your heart races, when your shoulders freeze up, when you clench your asshole, when your body goes into a place of like, <gasps> what's going on there? Yeah. Oh, this, I, that is kind of the thing that I have been paying attention to the most is the somatics of it. Mm, yes. Because it seems the most direct, the most true. And I've known that I've read about that for years and I've been, quote, poo-pooing it myself. Eh. Yeah, I don't need to pay attention to how my body feels when you say that to me, but oh yeah, you do. It it makes all the difference. I I had the really a shitty story. So I have I had a guy client and his wife. We went out for dinner, and she was totally poo poo. She was like, I just don't get it. You guys are like, why do you care so much? Like da 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 da. Meanwhile, this very young woman, maybe she was thirty eight at the time, had a frozen shoulder. And after we had stopped working together, me and her husband, she had to have eye surgery. Her eye was bleeding or something. He had sent me a quick message and I'm like, what's up clarity? Like, you know, that's why we do this work because the body will manifest pain and desires that are not looked at. I'm reading a book now that is like blowing my mind. It's about, do you, you know, IFS, Internal Family Systems Therapy? Oh, I sure do, yes. This, this book is about somatic IFS, okay? Oh, okay. I would love okay. to know that book. Just came out. And what this book says is that these parts, right? Let's say your anxiety part is actually using your body to say, help to protect, to say, hello, pay attention to me, talk to me you know, through whatever ways, you know, yeah. fight or flight, eating a gallon of ice cream. And it's it, I, I'm not going to be articulated very well, but it was like, what the, and it was, it's it rang so true. And ever since I read that book changed so much for me about, mm-hmm. you know, paying attention to instead of the story. Yeah. Um, that with the polyvagal theory, which basically says it actually starts in the nervous system. And then your mind is telling a story about what it feels in the nervous system. And that like di- dictates our reality. And so I'm right now, I'm very, very focused on the nervous system, the body, um, checking in with that, which uh, I, I've said this on the podcast before, 
therapists and coaches have said have said this to me you're so in your head and you should da, da, da. and I've always been like whatever lady or, or yeah. yeah like, shut up about this I don't know how I feel in my body and go yeah. fuck <laughs> I didn't want to hear yeah. anything about it um but but finally the the light went on and and all yeah. these, I finally understand what all these people are talking about yeah, it's my teacher um, wrote a play called Alone in My Head, and it's a pretty good, he like sells it. It's, you know, called like transformativeplays.org. And it's really powerful. And why it's powerful is because it's theater, it's playing. Mm -hmm. That's why I was able to start to feel like I was in my fucking head. Deep. Right. So then when I started doing improv acting based on saying no, my ego was allowed to step aside because it wasn't real, I'm quoting. It right. was being real in imaginary circumstances. So if I'm getting triggered in a scene, I'm like, well, I was a homeless, pregnant, drunk woman. So that's cool. But actually my body didn't know the difference, right? It was just, mm -hmm. but it was still letting that expression out. So I think- what what a big like part of, yeah and what a big part of any kind of artistic therapy is it's fucking fun right so like mm -hmm. if if i'm a coach if i'm a therapist and it's like you know it's like let's dig deep into what's of course people are going to feel like what's wrong with me what's broken but the difference in in coaching to me is like let's have this be spirited by joy yes it's going to be awkward and there's going to be confronting moments but only to get to more joy, only to get to more abundance, only to get more money, more notoriety, more recognition, more mm -hmm. space to breathe, more fucking peace of mind. Like that's- yeah, you're climbing up the it. ladder instead of going, going into your dysfunction. Totally, totally. I, um, we can go full, full circle because we're probably coming close to the end. I like, when you started, you're saying it is 12 year old girl, woman young woman yes. hated herself you know and really 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 wanted to be liked and yada yada and then you became the person who created a community for for people to feel belonging and like and that's that's incredible yeah did you ever and, like and, did you ever imagine like i'm gonna be the person to create community no i was like i'm I have to get married and have kids and live in the suburbs. Like I just was <laughs> trained as part really? of programming. I didn't know I had a choice. I didn't know, you know, being a firstborn in this country, I, you know, was I was born in 76. Mm -hmm. Maybe there were options for other people, but in Brooklyn where I lived, women, girls were teachers or secretaries still. Yeah. Which part of Brooklyn? Canarsie originally, you know, that's like, the original Brooklyn where there's really no trains and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we were, you know, my, anyway, a lot to say about that, but I didn't have emotional guidance. I didn't, nobody said, Hey, you're a really talented artist. I mm -hmm. just like, they did things to support me. Like they took me to art school. They did, but nobody ever like said, how do you feel about it? anyway? So it, feeling like I have my shit together has come from trial and error. Yeah. And I think what happens to most coaches, myself included, is when you figure something out, like I got to fucking tell everybody. Like yeah. when I started working with my teacher for two years, I was a bully. I was like, come to this class, come to this class. 
I stopped dating. I stopped going to my beach house in the summer. I dropped all the friends that I would go out drinking with. I was like a total scumbag because I found unconditional love. So I, I didn't know what that felt like. Somebody would actually still care about me after I would have these tantrums and be a hard student to be with. Um, I asked my teacher to please say that on the record because everyone thinks I'm great, but I'm like, yeah, you could have met me at 32. I was not great. I was not easy to be with. Where did you really- find where did you find your teacher? How did you find? See, so I had another friend who said, come to this um, acting mm-hmm. class. Oh, oh like it, was an act, it was an acting teacher. Yeah. It was acting, but it was like a utopia of sorts. You mm-hmm. know, it was founded in, in a lot of deep um, healing work. It was like a whole different yeah. whole different jam. Well, it strikes me as the hero's journey. You went to yes. through it all. And, and I was a wounded up. healer. Totally. You were the totally. wounded healer. Yes. The real thing. Yeah. And I feel really good to be recognized by you. Like it, it, you know, it's part of my human design. I don't know if you know what that is, but to be recognized, it like feeds my soul and to feel like I have my shit together enough. You know, there's always more. It's, um, it's part of the process is that when you do something big or you have accomplishment that somebody says, Hey, you did a good job. I see you. This is great. Come talk about it on my show. Oh, I think thousands of people feel that way, you know, about you. Yeah, you, you're really- About me, yes. But I want everybody else to feel it yeah. too. Like I'm this inclusion person where I'm like, oh, you're 85? Like I had an 85-year-old client. She, she's just a riot, but wanted mm-hmm. to fucking stay stuck. I was like, bring me your resistance, <laughs> you motherfucker. Had a, you had an 85-year-old. Wow. She's a lactation coach and was- Oh my God. I love her so much. I saw her one day hustling on the bus with this fucking heavy scale on her back. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I traveled to Brooklyn to, I'm like, you need to be work. What? You can't, that must be heavy. She's like, it's about 40 pounds. So part of me is like honoring her. Like she's a badass carrying heavy shit on her back. But the other part is, okay, do it once a week. Leave the thing there. Don't carry it back and forth. Do your, like, how does, I mean, like, how does it like, if, you know, your parents still around? Yes. And the, and I guess, you know, as you said, in the seventies, kid, have kids, have a, be a secretary, whatever, live in the suburbs. Like, how are they taking, or how have, I mean, it's been years, like what's their response to the Enchantress? I think they just gave up. They're like, we just fucking love you. We don't know what to do. You know, at tw- when I went through puberty, like that self-hating time, and I built this, not even a tower, but a cement brick fortress around myself, I was not an easy kid to parent, especially parents right. that were, you know, born in a displaced person's camp, like had their own traumas that were undealt with. Yeah. So I basically, I think, you know, younger, I didn't get along with my mom. You know, we're very different. My dad always, I think, thought I was cool. And so now they're just like, they're like mellow, yeah. you know? Look, we don't know what the hell she's talking about, but we, we don't know her. what it is. People love her. We love her. She's doing great. She's always she's going live. Yeah, yeah. It's working. <laughs> Whatever she's doing, it's working. Well, I very much appreciate everything and your time. Where can we pe- yes. people find you? I know there's many places. What are the best places to find There's you? many places, but I want to be really clear. If you want to be in a community, right? If you want to be with me, that's one thing. But if you want to be in a community, on Facebook, there's a group called the Relational Embodied Intimacy Group. It's 
It's about a thousand people in it. There's about 60 to 80 people that are like active and I'm in it. Yeah. So it's like a fun place. I interview people on there. Um, I show up live once in a while. I, and that's where everything goes down. Um, that's free. And then if you want to do paid evenings or group programs, like I advertise it in there, that's like the one main place. And then otherwise you can Google Enchantress Shane and sort of like meander down the path and go down the, the rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But if that's, if you want, like, I love when people love me, support me, it's great, but I want to help people get their feeling of their own light to be lit up. So Come work on yourself. You know, you can yeah. you can start out by loving on me, but then be like, okay, I could see how she could help me. That's what really turns me on. Right. Thank you so, so much. So I much. Thank you. It. Yeah, um, thank you. It was so fun. And um, the Instagram, it's a great follow. I will, I will tell people to follow you on Instagram as well. Yeah, follow, comment, respond. Um, Let's like fun. play on it's there. It's interesting. There, it's wise. There, it's just, it's mm, good. You're an artist, you. you're an entertainer, and you're providing value. Mm, thank you, thank you. And you're a badass Brooklyn mofo who is truly herself. So what else do you want in a coach? <laughs> ah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. It feels really aligned. And um, yeah. I'm great. All right. Have a wonderful day. Thank you very much. And there you have it. That was my conversation with Enchantress Shane. So fun. So hilarious. And a lot of really insightful stuff and a fascinating story. Check her out on Instagram and all the socials. You can go down the Enchantress Shane rabbit hole. There's a lot of content. She goes live. She's got um, Facebook groups and uh, it's really good stuff. Check her out. I really appreciate her time. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time on The Other Side.